I'm your host, Tia Wilson, and this is No Thanks in Advance. And I'm actually kind of nervous to do today's episode. And I think it's just because I've never talked about some of these things in such a public forum. But in reality, this is a huge part of my story. And it's actually what kickstarted my advocacy journey. Before I even found out I had OCD, I was talking about my physical health. I was talking about chronic illness, and that's what we're going to delve into a little bit today, but we're particularly going to talk about some of the the fear and shame that I felt because of of that chronic illness, Um, and yeah, we'll just get started, and and I'll tell you that my pain started when I was 13. That's when a lot of my um, knee pain, that was the first thing that happened, was I was experiencing a lot of knee pain, and we kind of thought it was just because I was an Irish dancer. I um, at one point was taking first in state and then second in state, but was still competing really heavily. And if you know anything about Irish dance, you know that it's very jumpy. You're you're up on your feet. It's not super ideal for, for your knees. And I started having these weird collapses where my knees would just kind of buckle out from under me. And I was going to knee doctor after knee doctor getting all sorts of diagnoses, um, you know, patellofemoral syndrome or fatty pad syndrome or all of these different diagnoses for my knee problems. And they were saying, you know, we could attempt surgery, but we don't really know. Um, And again, I'm 13, so it's not the best time to do some sort of knee surgery. So they were trying to hold off. And then I started getting stomach pain. Um, And then I started getting fatigue and migraines. And then I started getting all over joint pain. And then I started getting insomnia. And then I started getting gut issues. And it just kind of spiraled and compounded really fast. It felt just really suddenly like I was unable to function. And I was spending most of my day in bed. Um, If I went somewhere where there would be a lot of walking, I was using a wheelchair or crutches. And I, I just felt really broken. And I was going to all sorts of different doctors and they were all looking at different, different things, you know, again, the knee doctor and the stomach doctor and the migraine doctor and the, all of these different specialists and getting all sorts of diagnoses. Um, I think at one point I counted and there was around 25 diagnoses by the time I was 15, just going through the ringer (laughs) um, and feeling like none of the answers totally made sense and costing my family a lot of money and and feeling just completely guilty and and ashamed of that feeling like a burden and um i eventually was able to be flown out to a specialist in california and they were able to kind of piece together that this was not a million different issues but this was this was one condition and they were able to kind of pinpoint things a little bit more but they still didn't have a whole lot of answers in terms of treatment um and i just felt really stuck and in a really, really dark place. I, I was in so much pain that I was dissociating really heavily. There's um, a couple years in the middle of that, probably ages 13 to, to 15, um, that I just don't remember at all. I was a shell of a person. And anyone who knows me during that time will tell you that. I, I really just was kind of zombie-like. I was just going through the motions and trying not to feel my physical pain. And all the while, um, just having a whole lot of darkness and heaviness and loneliness inside of me. Um, and a large part of that was this, this guilt and shame for what I was kind of doing to my family, all the, all the 
money I was costing, all the time, all of the resources, and and feeling like I didn't totally deserve them. Um, this might sound morbid, but I, I, I remember there were so many times where, we, you know, we didn't know what was going on, and I almost hoped it was fatal. I almost hoped that it would end swiftly because I just felt so stuck. Um, and there were some times where I even was, you know, diagnosed, um, or even prior to diagnosis, the pain was so severe that I thought it would be the end of me, um, and had some, some really dark moments in the midst of that. I never know how deep to delve in these podcasts, but I mean, I had a will written at age 13. I really was, um, really certain that the physical pain was just going to be the death of me, literally. And it was it was heavy and intense. And as the years went on, I got better at managing it, but the pain didn't go away. I got real. I got better at walking, um, at managing the 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 exhaustion and the narcoleptic symptoms, but the pain was still there, and the and the exhaustion was still there. And all the while, there was this guilt in the pit of my stomach. And I remember I, I started going through ERP therapy for my OCD and seeing a slight reduction in my symptoms, noticing that things just felt a little bit brighter, a little bit easier to manage, a little bit clearer. Um, and I noticed that, you know, I was having such a great reduction in stress that some of my physical pain was lessening as well. And that was terrifying to me. I, I remember um, sitting down with a mentor of mine and telling her, just breaking down and saying for the first time out loud, finally admitting to myself, I'm terrified that I caused this. I'm so scared that I created my health problems as a means of escaping. You know, I could look back in my life and see all the OCD and see all of the the signs of imperfection that were happening at that age 13, you know, suddenly taking second instead of first in Irish dance, um, suddenly struggling a little bit more in school, suddenly not being able to keep up in these different areas and recognizing that this could have been a compulsion in a sense that maybe I leaned heavily on the knee problems. You know, obviously that was, that was something that was actually happening, but what if I had leaned so heavily on the knee problems that my body had created? the rest. Um, because a lot of these conditions are genetic, right? A lot of these conditions I would have had anyway, but they shouldn't have started at age 13. And so what if it was my fault? And I just broke down talking to this mentor of mine, just what if it was my fault? What if all of this money my family spent, um, what if all of this time, all of these years I lost, what if it was my fault? What if I was a burden because it was my fault. And she kind of looked at me and she said, okay, well, if you did cause this, could you forgive yourself? And I just remember <laughs> thinking that was the craziest thing I'd ever heard. I ha That had never occurred to me. I, ha I had no idea that was something I was even capable of. You could forgive yourself for something like that. I could cause something this intense that hurts so many people, especially myself, and forgive myself for it. And that was just completely foreign to me. And it was like this weight off my shoulders and this terrifying hill that I knew I needed to climb. 
And so I started working to forgive myself. Um, and it still felt so shameful and so embarrassing um, to think, you know, what if this was kind of, what if this had arisen because of my mental health that was not being managed, right? Um, and sitting down with my parents and having that discussion um, and, and letting myself feel and take responsibility for the pieces that I could take responsibility for, right? There were maybe some times where I was deceitful or unintentionally, not really deceitful, but kind of just not honest with myself, maybe deceitful to myself about what it was I was feeling. There were times where I used my physical health as an excuse. The physical health issues were real, right? Um, I, I tried to gaslight myself out of that, but they were real. <laughs> the The physical pain is real. You know, that's something I'm still experiencing. And I'm, I'm sitting here today still experiencing the repercussions of what I do believe was largely influenced by the, the mental stress I was under, right? I, um, I still, again, have those genetic conditions. Maybe they wouldn't have come about so early if I hadn't experienced so much trauma and OCD and, and difficulty so young. Um, and there are little pieces of that I'm responsible for, but most of it I'm not, <laughs> right? But I could still take responsibility for the piece that maybe I, I could have handled a little bit differently. And I could maybe forgive myself. And my family was more than willing <laughs> to forgive me and recognize the pain I was in and that this was maybe just a physical manifestation of that pain, right? Um, the, the pain was, was still there. Um, I just didn't really know that I had OCD. And so I, I did the best I could. That's really all we're doing at any given time is doing the best we can. But that still meant there was some forgiveness that needed to happen. And I want to talk about this today because I was too busy not accepting my potential culpability that I was stuck and I wasn't getting any better. And that's something I see a lot, not just when it comes to physical health conditions, um, not just when it comes to OCD, but this is something that I hear so many people experience. They'll, they'll fight tooth and nail against the fact that maybe they have some culpability, right? They, they don't want to admit that to themselves. And so they don't get better. They don't let themselves forgive themselves and move on. This doesn't let us move forward skillfully. Um, these are phrases like, I shouldn't have done that. Or if only I had done this instead. And people will hold on to their past relationships this way, um, their past choices, and they'll just kind of sit and, and ruminate and think about if only it had been differently, right? I used to think about that all the time. If only I had maybe had an, an enough, um, if only I had the words to express the pain I was in emotionally, right? Maybe I wouldn't be in this much pain physically now. If only I had had the words um, to, to open up to my family about the pressure I was under, right? If only. But when we're, when we're stuck doing if onlys and shoulds and shouldn'ts and looking back, we aren't moving forward skillfully. And that's not acceptance. And it doesn't give us the ability to move forward skillfully. Acceptance is acknowledging what is, right? What is right now is that I am, I have physical health conditions, right? That's what is. 
I spent so long trying to fight that, pretend I didn't ignore the doctor's orders because I didn't want to believe that I had these health conditions. I didn't want to believe that maybe I had brought them on um, in a sense. And, and I'm like even hesitant to say that because I have so much compassion for myself now looking back. I really recognize the place it came from. And I also recognize there was some of it that was just purely physical that I couldn't, <laughs> I shouldn't take responsibility for, right? But I was sometimes so busy fighting the fact that I didn't want to be sick. I wanted to be normal. I didn't want to be the sick kid. I wanted to go to a dance and not spend the whole time crying in the bathroom in pain, right? I wanted to be able to to be a teenager. And I was so busy thinking that, that I wasn't listening to, to what the doctors had given me to do to help myself, right? I wasn't taking the medication. I wasn't doing those things because I wanted to pretend that wasn't happening. And again, this is a pattern I see so often. But to accept something is not the same as enjoying it. It's not the same as judging it. It's not the same as approving of it. It's not the same as agreeing with it. It's simply allowing it to exist in full. In full. (laughs) And there's two steps to this radical acceptance. The first is acknowledging the blunt reality, acknowledging what's happening, acknowledging I am sick right now, right? Maybe this could have been prevented if I had done something different, if someone else had done something different, right? Maybe there's things that could have helped, but I am sick right now, right? That That's the bottom line. And then the second piece is given that reality, how can you be effective now? And so for me, that was forgiveness. That was seeking doctors. That was acknowledging that there's no way to prove whether I had brought this on myself. There was no way to prove whether, you know, if someone had intervened with my OCD, this wouldn't have happened. There was no way to prove any of these things. And even if there was, it wasn't worth worrying about because that's not what happened. All I could do is worry about what I, what I could do, right? All I could do is worry about how I could be effective right now. It's radical acceptance is about letting go of the things that prevent you from moving forward skillfully. It's about forgiving yourself. It's about being present in the current moment as brutal as it may be. It's acknowledging you made a mistake, pivoting, changing course, and moving forward. It's about not weighing yourself down with I shoulda, coulda, wouldas, and just moving your feet. It means letting that mistake be a part of your story without it defining you, right? And that's a really big one. That's one that I I didn't understand. I felt like if I had caused this health issue, I, it would define me, you know, it, it was, I was a bad person. I was someone who brought this on myself. It meant that I, I didn't deserve help now because I might've caused it then. Right. And in reality, that's not the case. Um, I've experienced relapse with my OCD. I've experienced health flare-ups that, you know, were not emotionally driven and, and just a matter of anatomy. I've experienced really rough and rocky relationships and and abuse in relationships, right? Um, and with every single one of those instances, when I've been able to accept things for what they were, it's allowed me to be far more effective than when I've tried to pretend it was something that it wasn't. It was so much more effective when I admitted to myself, I am in relapse and I need help again, rather than saying, you know, 
it's fine. It's no big worry. It's, it's nothing. Um, let me just continue pushing on, right? It was so much more effective when I admitted I am in an abusive relationship than, and actually I didn't even admit that while I was in it. I admitted it in retrospect, right? But it was so much, it's so much easier to admit that you are in an abusive relationship than to continue to tell yourself that you aren't and and to suffer the consequences, right? When you're able to acknowledge the reality for all that it is, it allows you to have room for compassion and mercy and understanding in a way that you just simply can't when you're running away from it. Now, I look back on little Tia with really kind eyes. She was really hurting. She was really lost and lonely and experiencing something that was too big for her to explain. She didn't understand why she had to be perfect and why taking second was such a major deal to her. She couldn't explain why quitting wasn't an option, why she held herself to such an unrealistic expectation. You know, she couldn't explain that she was in emotional turmoil and she needed help, right? Um, And there's so much of, of that experience that I just will never understand. I don't know which of my health problems I would have had if I didn't have OCD. I don't know. You know, I don't know which of my health problems I would have experienced in my 80s when, I, when I'm supposed to experience them rather than in, when I'm 13 years old, right? I don't know. Um, all I do know is that I can take responsibility for what, I, what I've done, right? I can take responsibility for the pieces I'm responsible for and then forgive myself. I think sometimes we think that responsibility and compassion are two separate things, right? We either take accountability or we are compassionate with ourselves. But in reality, I think they kind of have to go hand in hand. I often give the example of a kid who throws a baseball through your window. You know, you can have compassion for the fact that it's a kid probably having fun, probably not vindictive, right? (laughs) He just accidentally threw a ball in the wrong place. Lots of compassion there. And you can also teach some accountability you know, and and help the kid to go apologize and maybe make a deal to help break leaves to be able to earn money to pay for the window, right? You can have both in the same breath. And I think that we are good at affording that to other people um, and a little bit less good at affording it to ourselves. But again, when you're able to take accountability, accept the blunt reality, you are able to have a little bit more compassion than when you just keep running from it. So thank you guys for tuning in. Um, Maybe I'll talk a little bit more about what it was like to be sick as a kid. Um, I don't like talking about it, honestly. I I really don't. Um, And I think I'm working to accept it still. I I think that's what it is. I think I still have a way to go when it comes to accepting it, I still obviously have a lot of, of health problems that cause really great impairment in my life. Um, and while I've, you know, forgiven all there is to forgive and have accepted it, um, it's still, it's still a challenge in my life. And so it's, it's hard to talk about, um, the time when I was experiencing those same symptoms, but didn't have the coping mechanisms and friends and, um, understanding that I do now. It was a really different experience to have as a kid than it is to have um, now as an adult. So I don't know. Maybe you'll see, hear more from it. Maybe you won't. 
who knows? We'll see. Y'all can radically accept it if you never hear about it again. But <laughs> thank you guys um, for hearing my story a little bit today. And I hope that you are able to grant yourselves a little bit more acceptance, a little bit more compassion, and a little bit more forgiveness. Thank <laughs> you.